0: Welcome to Reactive. I'm Khalil, and I'm here with Raquel.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> That's sounds <like> super
1: southern. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, we're missing a Henning today. He is. Uh, he is, um, d- Taking care of some crisis, um, from what I've seen.
1: I mean, uh, evil we- Henning obviously has struck again. Oh, is really the issue here.
0: That must be it. That must be it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Some things like he had to take over the helm of the company because Evil Henning, I don't know, yes. captured think- the CEO or something like that. And now he's <laughs> running the company at the same time as trying to figure out where the CEO is and rescuing him and all that. And I have it on good authority that he has a cape. And uh, it's p- pretty exciting. Yeah, it's all pretty exciting. So. Okay. That so, is, of course, he's not pretty... going to come on the co- If there's like exciting stuff like that co- uh, happening, he's not going to come on the yeah. podcast, of course. I mean, no. I wouldn't. You know? <laughs>
1: Revo- yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, instead, you know, dear listeners, sorry, you have to deal with us. Yep. No, it's fine. It'll be fine. Anyway. It'll be okay. I have an animal of the week
0: exciting. I'm, uh, are you ready? Yeah, I'm I'm ready. This
1: this is, this is a super, so the, uh, the, the animal of the week is the snail.
0: Whoop whoop womp.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, right? So like, like I always wonder like, okay, so like snail like animals that do not have a shell are usually called slugs. So it's it's different, right? Snails are the ones with the little house.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, That's right. Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, and did you know that snails can have lungs or gills depending on the species and their habitat?
0: I did not know so that.
1: So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and the giant African land snail <laughs> grows to about 38 centimeters, which is 15 inches, and weigh about one kilo, which is two pounds. What? So So like you can get really big ones. Like really? Oh, wait, hold on. The largest living sea snail species is the syrinx aruanus, whose shell can reach 90 centimeters, 35 inches, in length, and the snail can weigh up to 18 kilos, which is 40 pounds.
0: Wow. Oh, my goodness. I mean, a human could uh, live in that house, in that snail Pretty house. much. Yes. Cool. Pretty much. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, you know, and then, and then – they're not particularly fast, though, right? Common that's, garden snails have a top right. speed of 45 meters or 50 yards per hour. Therefore, it is one of the, one of the slowest creatures on Earth. Um, but, you know, they're
0: snails. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also have a fun fact. Um, yeah? A snail can take down a starfish. What? Yeah. The giant triton. Caroniatritonis or whatever, can grow up to <laughs> a foot and a half long. It's also an aggressive predator with a keen sense of smell, and it loves to eat starfish, paralyzing them with venomous saliva. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Still wow, better than the mosquito, snow. though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that must be the snail that Evil Henning rides in on, you know? Oh the evil snail. But
1: then he would be coming in very slowly.
0: <laughs> yeah, well. He's not scared, you know, like he has he can take his time. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: he's gonna listen to this and go, What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think Evil Henning is listening? I don't know.
1: I mean, I well, I don't
0: know. It would be a huge honor though. I mean Yes. It would be amazing.
1: Join our listener list, Evil Henning. Join us. (laughs) Okay, but really, what's been happening this week?
0: Uh, Uh,
1: J.S. Confu, you happened.
0: Yeah, that's right. J.S. Confie, you happened. uh, That's uh, like two weeks ago already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a few weeks since our last episode. So many apologies. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Sorry. I mean, there's... I don't know why, but some there's always this stupid life things oh. are happening and <laughs> it's just so annoying.
1: It's the way of everything. Yeah. Really Seriously.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um <clears throat> yeah, JSCon for you happened. So JSCon for you was in a new location. It was called Arena Arena Berlin or something. Okay. And um it was <clears throat> not as cute as the other location I find. It mm. was um but it was, I mean, it was because it was just a, it was basically a huge, um, a huge, what do you say, like, like hall, like a big venue. Yeah, it's just a huge venue. But they did, they did really well with it. I mean, they really, cool. as always, the you know the amount of work and attention to detail that went into it was yeah. amazing. Um, but it was necessary to have this bigger venue because this time they had. Uh, one thousand attendees. No. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's four hundred more than last year. Yeah. Yeah, that's almost. Goodness gracious. I mean, it's amazing, (laughs) and um, yeah, so just a thousand people running around there, and uh, it was the thing was like the venue was so big that you didn't really realize, you didn't really feel like. There were a thousand people there, you know, okay. because the venue was also there was there was two tracks and the other track was in a was um, basic basically in the same venue, but you would have to leave the one big room, you know, and go through. then there was like mm-hmm. a little like beachy thing on the river um, in the outside uh, area, okay. and then you would go into the other uh, building, and then there was the other track there, which was a little smaller and um in the main uh in the main i'm missing this word what would you what do you call a huge space a huge venue like I mean, that i don't know just uh, the venue i, mean, I you, guess sorry i
1: mean you, you you could call it a hall like um yeah yeah if
0: it's if it's a i'll hall, just a, i'll just stick with venue that's fine um okay. so so yeah so the so the main venue was there was uh you would um the the food the catering was there and there were the sponsors and there was the main or I they don't call it the main stage but to me it was the main stage because it was the bigger mm-hmm. one i think and yeah. you know it was the stage with all the lights and mm-hmm. and uh yeah and uh, and that's also the stage where we did the uh, opening performance so me yeah. uh my brother and um jan monske who is uh mm-hmm. who he, who is a huge deal in the web audio community mm-hmm. Uh, and uh and also useful thing, uh Martin Schufus, who I don't know if if you maybe did you maybe see his one of his talks, like he is he is he has written um something for the browser that so that he can write CSS that controls lights.
1: Whoa. <laughs> yeah that's it's, ridiculous it's
0: absolutely insane so he so he writes so so this so he he's controlling some some sort of hardware that he built himself like he just like you know that's just what he does for fun he like little hardware thing he's that he puts together it's a little plastic cup plastic cup <laughs> and he has like some sort of hardware in there that then gets connected to the actual lights of the venue and uh, to the controllers somehow, and then, <clears throat> and then he he's uh, he has he writes CSS and he toggles CSS classes in the browser on the body of an HTML page, and that then controls the lights. <laughs> it's just so crazy. I mean, he that's like this is just very uh, general what I'm saying here. So he goes into yeah. more detail because we we gave a talk uh, at JSConf. Um, it was the talk before the party and the first day, and we gave a talk right. about what we, like, what what how we did it, the performance, because the performance mm. we did was completely done with uh, web technologies and JavaScript, mm-hmm. basically, right? So, right. Um, <clears throat> um, so the only thing, like, basically, like the the kind of uh, uh, art part of it where like the music comes in my lyrics me performing and also like the look and feel of it is kind of it came from from the from me and my brother and mm-hmm. and my brother's girlfriend Sarah she uh, she designed the t-shirts for this year so like the nice. the, Le- the Lechelt family was kind of the, <laughs> the art part <laughs> so, and, and then uh and then and then Jan, he wrote. So, so he wrote for the for the performance we did in 2015. He wrote this little software, this JavaScript program that would um, basically uh, play a track at the same time, um, play videos that we would trigger on a MIDI kind of board, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. he he did like all kinds of tricks to make that instant. So when you press a button on the MIDI thing the MIDI controller, then the video plays instantly. And we we had all these little video snippets from different talks and we arranged them in a certain way on the track. And so what he did, he refined the software and he actually made an Electron app out of it. Ah. And there's like, like more features. So together with my brother who, who made the music and also kind of, you know, had some requests on how to uh how this software should work how it could work better and stuff like that um that he continued working on it and it has been refined and it is a pretty cool uh, little application now and you can just download it and install it and then you can kind of uh load you know like load a project in it, like load some videos and music in there and then start triggering them somehow i think you have to configure it a little bit and then you can just Press the MIDI controller buttons, and it and and it will trigger the videos um, in the in the right places. And also this time, so the first time we we just had one uh, track in the background running the whole time. The mu- music wasn't triggered or live, you know, like we didn't play anything live. It just was running in the background. We triggered the videos this time. The music was consisted of multiple tracks that were triggered, and then also the videos were triggered by the MIDI controller. But the the software made sure that the timing was right. So if you would press too early or too well too late, it's not possible. But if you would press too early, it would time it so that the video would be played on the right, uh, in the right place, and stuff like that. So that that was also really good because then you know it's better for the performance because you don't make as many mistakes and stuff like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah so <clears throat> that was
1: uh yeah and it That's was
0: awesome yeah it was that was really cool and i think a lot of people really enjoyed the uh the talk about the behind the scenes and what, how we did it and the performance also was really well received as well so that was mm-hmm. that was awesome uh again and, um, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, that was really, that was really super exciting. Uh, I mean, we, 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 we put a lot of work in, into this, especially, especially my brother who, who actually produced the whole, the whole track, the music for it was produced from scratch basically.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He like, completely for <laughs> just for that event, just for that track, he made the music because, uh, so, so, me and, and Jan in the beginning we we went through different talks that we wanted to use and then we we cut them up the interesting things we put, cut them out and then um, and then we had a few of them and I would start to arrange them in in certain ways to so it makes sense or is funny or whatever and then Boris used some of these snippets to then base his track on it um, produced around it basically and um, so yeah so he he just put an unbelievable amount of work in into this and it was just uh and it it turned out really really great so i really i really like that track I
1: that's awesome
0: yeah and you were that's also you had a small part and just a small yeah i
1: know track. i keep getting twitter mentions and people are like <laughs> oh my god Rob Watson, for you. and i'm like no i'm not <laughs> oh did they use this? did they use me again yeah. um which is awesome i i'm you know i've I love JS Conf U. It's one of my favorite conferences, and <clears throat> I'm sad that I've only been once. I mean, that's how that's how impactful it was for me because it was just such a great conference. I yeah. love it so much. Yeah. Um, were there any talks that just totally blew your mind? Because like, one, one of the things that I love about JS Coffee U is that it's really, it's not about, uh, here's what's happening right now. Like, here's a, you know, let's talk about this technology that came out 10 years ago. Like it's very, it's very pushing the envelope, you know? Yeah. Um, So, so yeah, like, did you, did you see anything that was really notable? um, You know, that everybody talked about sort of thing.
0: Um, Yeah. So the thing is that for me, I definitely did not see as many talks as I would have liked Uh, to -hmm. see because the first day after performance you're like uh like the whole band was like on adrenaline and we needed some time to yeah to calm down (laughs) and then also we had to prepare our talk for the evening so the first day i barely saw anything and Mm -hmm. then the second day i saw um i saw a few talks so in general the talks that i saw um by accidents it's they kind of all had the same theme it was all about um performance it was offline first it was service worker this type of stuff mm-hmm. uh, performance measurement and um uh but i already but there's a bunch of talks that i definitely uh want to see when they come out on video i already saw okay. um uh, uh, Anjana Vakil's talk about immutability which is like she's an amazing uh, speaker: She she gave a talk at J's uh, Unconf uh, last year, I think, about um, functional programming, which was an entry level talk that was just basically describing you know, entry level talk about functional programming, which was mm-hmm. really good and is like it has like over four hundred thousand plays, which is unheard of on the J's Conf channel it's crazy wow yeah and uh, but it just comes from the stems from the fact that she's a really good yeah speaker really good teacher and mm. she gave uh, a talk that went more into uh was an basically also an introductory talk to immutability which is part of kind of the whole functional programming thing so that's a good talk and mm. <laughs> one of the one of the standout talks from um that w- was a talk on the second day there were not a lot of people in there because the, i think the title it was uh somewhat it was yeah a little bit difficult for people to really uh get excited about it because the title mm-hmm. it was just like outbreak and then there was uh a file name with a cryptic hash or something like that it was just not clear uh, from the title, mm. what, what what's going on, and I, I don't know if people read the description a lot, but anyway, it, it, I think this talk, the the video is going to be is going to get a lot of plays because ultimately that was a, definitely a standout talk because the 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 speaker he gave a talk about um, how he adopted service worker before it was stable in Chrome, and <clears throat> Basically, at some point, had uh, a zombie service worker running on different clients. Um, you know, like installed service workers that could not be then um, overwritten or anything. Couldn't be updated anymore. So, you know, service worker is basically something that you can install on a website that you want to want to uh, work offline. It's like a cache that you can control, and if um, and so it downloads different downloads you know assets like js files and images and stuff like that and then it works offline and if you for some reason uh you make a mistake or in his case the mistake was he used service worker early made some sort of mistake and the browser changed the apis and then turned off service worker and turned it back on again and stuff like that and then it turned out that some clients had forever kind of this service worker installed that had some version of his app cached and he could not update it right which is terrible and and he and he just gave but he gave such a fun talk about it because he he made a zombie kind of story about it where he had like he he made pictures of himself he made like a comic of himself with real pictures and 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 it he has he had background music and was narrating it and stuff like that he was just telling this story about how he got involved into or how he got hyped up doing the service worker because it was you know supposed to be great and then it, but there was always this computer voice telling him but you know this is not ready yet it's in beta don't know, but he was doing it anyway and stuff so that was it's just a really really good really good uh, talk and then and and then uh, the last 10 minutes of the talk so the talk goes twenty minutes or so, In the last ten minutes, he is just giving he's just giving a, a list of best practices for service workers, which is uh, also really useful. So that was a mm-hmm. a really standout talk because of how much work this guy put into that talk. It was really uh, quite stunning, and um, uh, so. Yeah, Adi Osmani gave a good talk about that was, of course, you know, about uh, progressive web apps and, mm-hmm. you know, offline and performance and stuff. And um, Ben Schwartz gave a similar talk, um, hmm. I would say, because he works for a company or founded a company. I'm not sure that's called. What's it called again? Uh, it's like it's it's an app that also helps you to measure uh mm. performance website performance and stuff like that so there was there was some of it was similar to what adios money was talking about and mm. um uh what else did i see uh that's for, for me the, those are this was kind of the this is kind of the um Oh, yeah, So I think on the second day, there were a bunch of really good talks that I missed. There was one talk about ethics with Internet in the Internet of Things kind of work mm. in the world that, mm-hmm. I've, that a lot of people have mentioned around me that that was a standout talk to them. But I haven't seen mm-hmm. it yet. So I'm, I'm uh, okay. looking forward to seeing it, seeing it on the video. And um, yeah, but it, that's that's all I can remember right now. <clears throat> okay yeah but there was a lot of good yeah i think the second that it was a lot of good talks that i missed as well yeah where um yeah so but this is kind of for me that's how i i I kind of consume the talks of the conference after the conference because at the conference i I really enjoy the the networking and just talking to people and you know uh Mm -hmm. yeah the and so I'm just like, it's like too exciting for me to sit down <laughs> or something. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, to, the to hallway there. track, right? Yeah, the hallway track. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's what I enjoy the most. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: speaking of which, I am going to be in Oslo in a few weeks for Web Rebels. Ooh, um, nice. So if there are any listeners who are uh, are going to be, there um let's hang out um this is also going to be my last major talk for the year i'm taking a break i'm just exhausted from giving Mm -hmm. talks um Mm -hmm. so i think it'll be fun it'll be a a good time um and uh i'm excited to go to oslo i hear that the like everybody i know who's been to web rebels says two things first uh, it's a really, really great conference, super well organized, just a fantastic team. And and so far what I've seen that is completely, totally true, like they are super organized um, and they're giving me all the information I need, which is so great, um, like ahead of time. And apparently they're mailing me stuff uh, so that I have it ready for when I get to Norway. Like I can just do stuff. So that, that's going to be pretty exciting. The second thing people always say is, because it's in June, um, they say that the 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 jet lag is going to be like you wouldn't believe because the sun doesn't really go down. Yeah, <laughs> in <June>. that's true. <laughs> so I'm I'm actually a little nervous about it because I'm I'm generally pretty good about reacting to time zones uh, and 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 dealing with jet lag, but this this is going to be new for me. I don't. Uh, I'm powered by sunshine, so if I see sun, I'm awake mm. and I only start to get sleepy when it starts to get dark and yeah. I'm a little nervous
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's just awesome i mean i i love i love norway is really yeah it's great yeah i've been I've been there a couple of times because when i was <clears throat> uh, uh, just you know when I was an artist uh mm-hmm. actually Scandinavia Scandinavia was an area that I was touring um uh I wouldn't say a lot but every now and then again like once a year or mm. twice a year uh for mm. a few years and we would it was the same people booking us and we would be like in Sweden we would be Norway and once in Norway we were so we were always in Oslo but we also were um we were like somewhere really high up north and it was also in the summer <clears throat> mm. And that was so interesting because it's literally the sun does not go down. It just gets a little bit, you know, a little bit darker, but it's still sunny. And then, and then it goes and then it comes up again. It's like, it's (laughs) super interesting. It's nice to hang out. Like if, if, you know, like if you are, if you know, in a party setting or whatever, you just like, you just want to stay out. You just want to, you know, do things and, it's uh, and, the, and the nature is amazing when you get to see a little bit of it. And also, uh, yeah, It's uh, and Oslo itself is also a beautiful city and stuff. So, yeah, you're, cool. you're definitely in, in for a treat. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. How does that work? Um, do they invite you to speak or do you send in a talk? How is that?
1: Um, in in this particular case, uh, I was invited, mm-hmm. um, but I do know that they had a CFP, uh, which okay. is a call for proposals. So um, it's uh, yeah, I think I think people do a little. Uh, I think it's gonna be a combination of speakers.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Lots so, of JavaScript, yeah. huh? Lots of JavaScript stuff I'm seeing here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, <clears throat> so Web Rebels is a um, it's part of the JSConf family. Oh, it of is. conferences yeah oh, okay. so it's, it's okay. just one of the smaller ones um and uh yeah so i think from
0: that's, the that's from that's the name good. i would have thought that it's it's like a you know web technology like, conference maybe with, right, you know, CSS right 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 a little bit everything. more
1: agnostic yeah. with regards to yeah but it's um, like a gs which technology oh,
0: okay. yeah yeah so cool i'm, I'm jealous excited. i'm jealous it's
1: gonna be cool hey just just come come join me
0: it <laughs> will be fine. Like you're, you're it's just what yeah, it's, like, it's right there in Europe, right? Side. I'll just Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll just drive up.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. it yeah. will exactly. be cool. It'll be cool, it'll be fine.
0: Yeah. I would love to, but uh, yeah, possible. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Unfortunately. Fine. fine. One day one day we'll be in the same room.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, again. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: But, <clears throat> we'll actually know who the other one is. Yeah, exactly. Um so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's coming up. Um, otherwise, cool. uh, big news on the NPM front, mm-hmm. NPM five is coming out. Yeah. Um, so it's in beta right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it should be, I think it's going to be releasing in the next couple of weeks. So if you nice. want to get in on the beta, um, you can actually do, uh, I think you can, npmi, npm at something dash g. Um, holler at me in the in the Slack channel, uh, and I will tell you exactly how to get it. Um, but basically, it's like it's what we did was we, we pulled out the entire caching and then all of the um, the it's like we, we we pulled out caching and rewrote it from scratch. We just like tore it down and started from scratch. Um, And so it's really fast. It's so much faster than it was before. Um, And then we're going to be also taking out shrink wrap or if we haven't already um, shrink wrap and redoing that from scratch too. So it's going to be pretty exciting. And, um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. Uh, We've been using it internally at NPM for the past few weeks Mm -hmm. And, um, I know users are now starting to pipe up with, Hey, this is, you know, here's what I'm experiencing. And so far from what I can tell, people are really loving it. And, um, so, and this is just the first step of many to make it even faster and more reliable. And, um, it's going to be, it's going to continue to be even more awesome. So
0: just, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, can you explain to me, what is this uh, lock file business? What is what right. is that and what does it do?
1: Right, so um, it's the idea behind the lock file is, so you've you, you've got two files now. There's going to be the, the npm-lock.json and then the npm-shrink-wrap.json. Mm-hmm. And um, the shrink-wrap is kind of used I'm going to mess this up. One of, them, one of them is used in development and the other one's used in production. Um, and the idea is that you can... Uh, I think it's the shrink wrap that gets used in production. I don't know. Um, anyway, the point is that uh, one of them is, is a little bit more developmental. And so like as you update things... Um, okay, so the lock file is the one that, that's used in development. So uh, the cache uses the lock file to know what's around what you want, um, whereas the shrinkwrap.json uh, is, is is used to kind of down through um, all the dependencies of your dependencies and lock the uh, the version number. When somebody asks to install, they can use your shrinkwrap, um, but your lock file is, is specific to your environment. So like when you have like, So you you can have, like, a warm cache or a a cold cache, meaning, like, so a cold cache is you've never installed this particular package before, um, and so it has to go to the registry and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. A warm cache is you've installed it, like, you've already installed it, and so now it's all 403s. You don't actually have to hit the registry at all for uh, that particular package. And um, so it's, it's just, like, they're two slightly different things. Though I do believe, don't quote me on this, but over time, eventually, we'll get rid of shrink wrap and just use the lock file. And that way, everybody, it's a much more consistent experience and a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but like, you don't want to break too many things at once um,
0: before <clears laughs> people start to get like really annoyed like, what
1: What are you doing? You're changing everything.
0: Um, so, we're, we're so is that, this but... working? Is this just lock file? Um uh so kind of stores your dependencies by default or do you have to kind of turn something on so that works or no
1: it it, it all happens automatically so you don't have to turn anything on it'll just do it um
0: yeah shrink wrap is also going to be like a like a default thing that's gonna just be gonna be available or working or yes okay so that's not because that's something that you opted in before right
1: Right exactly, and now it's gonna be less of an opt in it's it's just gonna just automatically happen for you hmm. um which is good because it means that you'll have much more consistency on your builds yeah, across things so you good. can be like, um and so it'll be it, it, I think it'll be good um, yeah, it's, and, it's, it's
0: yeah it's it's definitely it's it's needed because we actually had um we had I think two or three cases where our production build um a production build had a bug that went live and Mm. you know like i don't know like we had to roll back everything blah 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 some and Mm. and and the reason was that some transient dependency had introduced like a patch version of something and But it was it was a faulty update, and that destroyed everything. One Mm -hmm. one thing I I remember specifically there was um, one I think Webpack or something had uh, uglify js as a dependency. And we did. We didn't use use shrink wrap at that point. We just had we just had our um, the versions of the dependencies that we were using. Ha- we we had them locked in. We didn't have them, you know, like update patch version. Like we just like we want this specific version. But then mm-hmm. if they have they had a dependency to uglify js um, with the carrot or something, so that the patch version and the minor version would update. And um, so it was a patch that was pushed from AngularJS, and in that patch, patch they had um, some bug, and it basically broke half of the internet, <laughs> something. Like oh that. gosh! <laughs> yeah, it did, and it automatically installed that for our build as well, and that also uh, broke our build and. Like the yeah. app wouldn't start up and stuff like that. So, and and if uh, with the, with a shrink wrap, that wouldn't have happened. And it's funny how those things only happen when it's really important to push the new yeah. features. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, no, totally, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, but other than that, um, we've got a bunch of cool projects happening here at npm and i can't talk about them but
0: yeah you seem busy yes super busy (laughs) yeah oh
1: my goodness Mm -hmm. so very 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 busy Mm -hmm. um but in good ways i i i like being busy i don't a bored raquel is the worst raquel let me tell (laughs) you yeah isn't everybody (laughs) yeah yeah
0: totally
1: so um so what else is going
0: on what else is going on? That's a good, very good question. Um, um I was not prepared for that question. <laughs> <laughs> Actually what was uh it was funny was that um AG a- a- Dubs, Ashley Will- Williams, who is one of mm-hmm. the colleagues, she, yep. we used we we used uh a snippet f- from one of her talks in the chorus of our track for Jay's Confu mm-hmm. And uh, she was like super psyched when she found out about it. But it was the it was we we used uh, her stuff in the first thing in the first opening performance as well. And she didn't, she wasn't there for the opening performance. And the same thing happened this time too. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, I, I didn't, I missed it again. But she had to work on her talk or something.
1: Oh, so. yeah.
0: That, that's oh, oh her, her talk is awesome too. I, um, Good. Yeah, I really enjoyed her talk as well.
1: Yeah, she's she's such a good speaker.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's always she's pulling out beautiful. like f- philosophers and stuff like that.
1: It's mm-hmm. uh, interesting.
0: <laughs> uh, <clears throat> cool. Cool, um, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So other than that, I have seen, I have seen. Um, so this guy, Joshua, Woods. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name.
1: Yeah, I don't know either, but I know exactly who you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Because he's also one of those make make everything a small little composable thing, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that are, mm-hmm. uh that are very um uh yeah. That that did you find in the Node.js community a lot and um and he's he made this this little this little uh front end library called Chew j a uh, mm-hmm. JS or whatever. Yeah, which and I like, still like, the sorry? Yeah. It's which is like st-
1: like a choo choo train.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a choo choo tra- train uh thing. Well, the name is just because it's cute and he just wanted to make a cute name for because it's a cute framework. And uh that's how I understand it. He also made a nice website for it which I um enjoy. I really like his work. And um I also I haven't used the framework yet, but I'm but I want to try it out because um uh, yeah it seems like a really cool little thing and um he posted today something uh something about uh the work from somebody called Irina or Ira um oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw yeah. her Irina. at JSconf 2 yeah. you too is she yeah. from NPM no. No, she? no no
1: no no but oh, she's okay. um She's really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, so she also made a small module, and it's called Mary, and it has a little, okay. and, and she has a little um, Christmas tree emoticon uh, uh, emoji in the in the mm-hmm. logo, which is cute, which is cool, and um, so Mary is about is basically um, cute streaming. She calls it a cute streaming API framework. He says it is basically a small composable thing to make middleware, right? So okay. <clears throat> the main idea of Mary is, like with true to reduce boilerplate for common setups, but hold as few opinions over the underlying abstractions. <clears throat> this translates in Mary providing the bare utils for logging, routing, error handling, config, and APM. What I don't know what APM is. APM integration, APM. all optimized for oh. performance.
1: APM. I mean, APM sounds kind of like Adam's package manager. I don't know if that makes
0: uh, any sense, though. Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know I'm if sure. that makes sense. Um, I don't know.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, what is APM um, mean?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. So it's basically a cute little framework to, to build your middleware, which is uh, okay. very, a little HTTP server thingy which cool. is really cool it looks really cool it's uh, has a nice long readme with lots of information so yeah i i always like to see those things um uh substack went on on a little rant again which is always great uh whenever he goes off he was basically saying and there's there's um, some developers from that vicinity are kind of i think they are kind of mad at webpack because everybody now uses Webpack and nobody's <laughs> and and it has become some sort of a hype and uh everybody's talking about code splitting and stuff. And um so he, I think he was also saying something like and Faross was also saying something like that on Twitter, um that you should rather than jumping to uh you know to do code splitting it might be cool to kind of look at if you really need it or if you need all these dependencies that you're trying to put into your application um, or if you can just use small composable tools and then you just have a small JavaScript app that you don't need to split up into pieces pieces and stuff like that. And uh, he mentioned uh, Budo to do... um, To do because he was also talking about uh, no config setups or low config setups because Webpack is so heavy with the config, and he said that uh, when you use uh, for development, it's really cool to use Budo and maybe Chew if you want to want low config but you know want to build something quickly, and then for later apparently there's um, oh apparently there there is a there is something uh something that's similar to budo which is also a little you know server that you can spin up but is more powerful that's called Ban- bankai bankai b a n k a i and um i think it has more options and you can have like a production build and stuff like that and and he was mentioning that as one of the tools so uh, it made me look at that a little bit uh, again and <clears throat> yeah it's always great to to get some input like that and to look at these mm-hmm. these small tools, I always, I still find it is very it's a very it's still very attractive. For I find these this this this, this, this kind of composable, the thought of having small good tools that you can compose. And in this case, I find like Chu or Mary and Bankai and Budo and stuff like that, they are not as small actually anymore. Mm-hmm. right yeah. they're, they're not like just a function that does something it is a whole set of things it's it takes care of this this kind of 80 percent of what people normally want to do it takes care of all of that and configures it and you know makes sure it's performant and stuff like that so there's a lot of work and they're kind of actually not that small but they are small in the in the sense of that they they are very versatile how you can use them and um uh, yeah it's interesting to see that development as well cool uh, oh and i i just remembered because we were i was talking about performance and small things i i saw um the talk about Preact. Uh, mm. pre- mm-hmm. yeah from from Mr develop it and um jason miller and that is also already on youtube and it's um it's very interesting as well because He's talking about um, how he made PreAct, and he's diving into the code a little bit and t- diving into how DOM diffing works and uh, mm-hmm. how he does it and how he kept his library so small at three kilobytes. And uh, that's actually that's actually also it really made me want to use it and try it out. So basically, the little this little app I made, the TinyDraft application, I, I actually I want to try to. To port it, to preact to see just to see the contrast, I want to see kind of the developer experience with that too, because I definitely mm-hmm. I, I I've worked a little with React before and I liked it, so I want to experience that again, but I also want to just see the result like because <laughs> right now it's a small application, and using Angular, it ends up being like I think over two hundred uh kilobytes. Two hundred and fifty or so kilobytes gzipped and everything, so that's pretty big for what it actually is. Mm-hmm. What it does, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right now, Angular is not super suited for small apps, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what you know how much less it would be with Preact. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know that um, we so we've been uh, working on a, a new website, um, like you know trying to, our old website, you know, did its time, did a good job, but now developing on top of it is, uh, costs more than it would be to just do something a little bit faster, a little bit quicker, a little bit easier, a little bit newer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've been looking at lots of different frameworks, um, and they the the team has been looking at, like, they, they basically tried to build lots of different Hello Worlds with different Frameworks that are out there, and they played with both uh, React, which then would turn into Preact, um, and uh, what was the other one called?
0: One um, sec, Vue JS.
1: Like, no. So they they thought about Vue. It, it didn't quite give us what we wanted.
0: Okay.
1: Um, oh, it's I want to call. It, I want to say it's like Sway or something. No, that's not it. Um, goodness gracious why am I forgetting the name of it Um, oh I'm gonna I just I might find it eventually but I want to know though I know I know hold on Um, oh Svelte Ah, Svelte mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so apparently um, like we ultimately ended up going with React that will then turn into Preact in production. Because apparently it's a pretty quick change mm-hmm. uh, to go from React in development to Preact in production. It's like using Preact instead in, of React.
0: Why wouldn't you use it in, in development as well?
1: Um, I think because uh, so React has a lot of really great developer tools uh-huh. um, okay. that, that you can use to kind of debug things yeah. and to to see how things are working and, and all of that good stuff. So we didn't want to give up those tools. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and but it sounds like you can very easily switch between uh, React and Preact so that when it's on, when, it, when it's in production, I think it gets gzipped down to something like really reasonable. Um yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I think so. I think you can it depends on which features cuz it uh there's some features that preact doesn't um uh, implement mm. but I, c- I can imagine that if you don't necessarily use the features but you're using features that preact doesn't have for your development so you can do debugging and stuff but then when mm. you s- switch it out and you don't need the compatibility the full compatibility to uh react then it's um, definitely easy to switch out. But also, if you need more compatibility, there is like a compat compatibility library that you can add, and then you have the full API as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, is, yeah that I also, think, uh, is, is, is that one of the projects that you can't talk about yet, or? Something?
1: I mean, I can. Yeah, for, I mean, like, I mean, well, no, this one. I think, I think I can. I mean, we're basically just um, we're we're trying to to play with a, a, a different way of building websites, just to kind of like, the idea being we want to not only have a, a, a stronger development pro- platform so that we can go quickly, mm-hmm. um, but we also want to get a sense of what our users are experiencing because um, it turns out most of NPM's user base is no longer Node. It's really mostly front-end JavaScript, like a very large percentage. I want to say more than sixty percent uh, wow. mm-hmm. use use front end JavaScript primarily, and the story for using npm with front end JavaScript is not as great as it could be. It's certainly not as great as the story for using it with Node. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but like because most of us <clears throat> are Node developers, we're just like, oh, everything's fine. But wait a second, we need to feel the pain that our users feel, so that when so that we can build something that's better for ourselves that then our users can also use. So um, that's the theme of all of the projects. I can't talk more about specifically what we're going to be doing and building. Um, But it's certainly the idea is, so NPM's mission is to reduce friction, like full point, like full stop, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's what we want to do. And so we want to make sure that your tools get out of your way so that you can, actually get your work done Mm -hmm. um and so that's what we're going to be focusing on and doing over the next few months to a year uh lots and lots of stuff are going to be coming out um so yeah really exciting
0: oh one other news item that i um that i saw recently was that yarn they pushed some update to their thing and -hmm. and that what i found interesting was that they in they um introduced a new sub command called create and and then you can do um so basically it natively supports tools like well tools yeah basically like uh, tools like create react app so create react app is an npm module package um that allows you to create a React project from scratch without any configuration, right? And you can do testing and dev and you can do production build and stuff. And it's and that's how it's so that's the name of it, create dash react-app. And now there's also I think create dash React native app and there's create cycle.js app and so and I found this interesting that they are Actually, introducing a subcommand that's called create uh, into their command line tool that that then kind of scaffolds the uses uh, those create so and so app packages to then to then do scaffolding. It it yeah. seems to me, it's it seems to me like there must be there must be some sort of defined conventions for for making those create blah 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 app mm-hmm. uh, tools uh, otherwise this wouldn't work cuz you know you couldn't yeah. support it in the in the client it's, it's just, it seems it's it seemed very sudden but it also seems kind of interesting to me because now i think i guess in their case in their case it makes sense to do that because basically they just want to they just mostly want to support create react app and create react native app um mm-hmm. with with that yarn thing because because most likely react uh, developers or at least at facebook they would use yarn and they would use right. you know these tools in, in order to scaffold their things so it's kind of kind of focused on on facebook it's not necessarily for everybody but it could become something more which i found very interesting
1: yeah no definitely i so I, i'm fairly certain, like, I, I heard a rumor that Yarn is really trying to become a package manager for lots of different types of languages, not just, say, JavaScript, because mm-hmm. um, I know, like, at Facebook, they have a lot of languages that they've invented, um, and uh-huh. so they want to be able to, like, you know, manage, do do dependency management for those languages as well, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so it, it's interesting to see how Yarn uh, is evolving over time. Uh, I know that they have a bigger team now um, and, you know, I'm excited to see, to see what they do and, and how, how things change Mm -hmm. over time. Yeah, definitely
0: interesting to see, it would be interesting to see how they, how they will influence Mm -hmm. maybe the whole ecosystem of package managers, um, how they how facebook did it with react where like everything like basically everybody <laughs> wants to write React apps. yeah uh, totally and um what's also interesting another tiny piece of news is that john david dalton who made lodash he mm-hmm. is currently apparently working on some sort of a library that would allow you to um not care when you um not care about uh, so now I'm going to start differently. So with in Node, there was this whole discussion about if you want to use uh, ES6 modules, you have to have this new extension, MJS, for your files, right? Mm-hmm. You're aware of that, right? And um, and and then the common JS modules ha- would have the JS thing. And, if it was, and he's somehow working on a library that would allow you to write... ESX, ES twenty, ES twenty fifteen modules in an in a .js file, and you could import it with the ES module syntax. Import da, 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 from, mm-hmm. without having the extension, it would still work. And there's also some features that are not supported in Node yet, or will not be supported yet in Node when it comes to these modules that he's kind of poly-filling poly with this library. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really interesting. I have no idea how he's, he'll be able to do this or how he's doing this, but he, he's been posting about it on Twitter. And uh, that's interesting because uh, mm. who wants the MJS uh, syntax? Uh, <laughs> yeah, f- <laughs> file ending, I don't want it.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't know. I I actually didn't even pay attention to that whole argument this week because I was just like, I don't want to know. No. <laughs> I mean, there was, it was just it just appeared to be such a tire fire that I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stay away from that for a little bit and when y'all make a decision, you let me know and it'll
0: be fine. Yeah, I have the same I have the same opinion, same position to this. Mm-hmm. I just think it's int- cuz I thought the thing is that I thought that it's not going to be possible to it's not going to be possible to use ES6 modules without this extension, this file extension, mm-hmm. mjs. Once the decision is made, but apparently he can circumvent it somehow with his library, which I have no idea how this works and I'm intrigued. I think it's interesting Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's cool that he's just coming out of nowhere suddenly with this thing. It's very cool. (laughs) Right. Yeah, That's all. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, anyway, we're out of time, I think. Yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. Do we have any new people in our Slack channel?
0: We do, um, but it will take me forever to uh, find the list. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Let's see. There should
1: be like a script or something that you can use. Um, all right, So while you're, li- while you're, while <clears> you're looking, um, uh, friends, you can find, uh, access to the Slack, uh, to our, our Slack channel, uh, by going to our show notes, which you can find at reactive.audio. Uh, and, uh, also on our show notes is a link to, to let us know how you think, uh, or to, to rate us on iTunes um, this is a super awesome way for you to tell us, you know, how we're doing and also to help other people discover our podcast as well. If you think that this is, you know, a cool, fun time every, you know, once in a while. Um, and, uh, let's see what other the cool things happen there. Um, we're on Twitter. We have, uh, a, a, like a reactive Twitter handle at Reactive Pod hmm. and I'm on Twitter at Rockbot and Henning is at H Dots. And uh have you found it yet,
0: Khalil? Yeah. And I'm Khalil yeah. tw- and I'm Khalil <laughs> Tweets on Twitter. And then there's uh so there's a few new members. So there's uh Polyzos underscore G. So big up Polyzos underscore G. Um Tanya joined the team yay tanya yay big up and there's also Squillus 91 hey hey hello and so and then sebastian but i'm not sure like april when was the the, let me see when was the latest (laughs) anyway I'm, i'm wondering if i'm going to no this is good okay no we got all of the new ones yeah
1: Yay! Yay! Welcome to the Slack channel. Um I was on vacation last week and so I like there's been a whole bunch of conversation in there and I have no idea what's happened and I kind of just want to like do a Slack bankruptcy because I'm just like there's no way I'm going to have time to like go back through all of this and figure out what it was the people were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um so that just goes to show there's like like a nice cool community in there. So come join us, hang out. Um ask questions, uh, share opinions, whatever. Uh, we'd love to have you. And with that, I think that's everything. Have an awesome week.
0: Yeah. Everybody have an awesome week.
1: (laughs) 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 All right. And check out the
0: JSConf videos and check out the opening performance and check out our talk. (laughs) Definitely.
1: Definitely. (laughs) All right. Bye everybody.
0: Bye.